Welcome to the Sports GPS. With your hosts, Parker White and CJ Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS Season 3, Episode 8 today. Parker, what are we getting into, my man? We are talking NBA playoffs as we've reached the conference finals in each league. Mm -hmm. Then we are hitting the MLB newsstand and talking about top stories in baseball, as well as talking about the quarter pole of the MLB season. Yeah, now is the time when we you know, kind of get all the fluky starts out. We've hit 40 games. We know who's for real, who's not for real. Hey, for real? And we can kind of speak more onto it. What next? Then we are ending on the NFL where we hit the big news and give our top 10 quarterbacks. Yeah, our top 10 quarterbacks. This is part of the top 10 series we're doing. Uh, Each position group for each team, we rank which teams have the top position groups. Uh, We're starting quarterbacks today. We'll end secondary later. Uh, Looking forward to that. But all that and more on this episode of the Sports GPS. Let's get into it. Welcome back. Getting into the NBA, talking about the conference finals. We're going to start in the East. Parker, what's gone down with the first three games? All right. So in game one, the Heat defeated the Celtics, 118-107. to 107. This was a Jimmy Butler game. He had 41 points, 12 of 19 shooting. He had nine rebounds and five assists as well. Tyler Hero and Gabe Vincent combined for 35 points. That's huge. Bam only had 10 points and 4 rebounds. We'll talk about him later. He stepped up big in Game 3. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty mediocre here in Game 1, but, you know, he gave you a little something. On the other side, Tatum had 29 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. His buddy Jalen Brown had 24 points and 10 assists. I mean, 10 rebounds, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Robert Williams a third. He had 18 points and 9 rebounds. Horford and Marcus Smart didn't play. That was huge. Those are two key pieces to that starting lineup. Mm-hmm. The Heat were down at 8 at half, but they had a big third quarter, outscoring Boston 39-14. That third quarter was the difference in this game. Other than that, Boston competed, but Jimmy Butler just he took over. Yeah, I mean, Butler just had one of his I'm-just-going-to-shoot-the-lights-out type games, and he made it all about him. Uh, in those types of games, though, you usually see Bam not have a big game because Bam's kind of a cleanup specialist yeah. down there on the offense. And when Jimmy Butler goes 12 of 19 shooting, not many offensive rebounds uh, to be had. So you can see that four-rebound performance really didn't hurt him in game one. What happened in two? All right, so in game two, the Celtics bounced back. They defeated the Heat 127-102. It didn't even seem that close. Mm, no. Smart and Horford returned. Uh, Smart had 24 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds, 1 rebound shy of a triple-double. <laughs> Tatum did his thing with 27 points. Brown had 24 points. Off the bench, Grant Williams had 19 points. Butler did have 29, so it's not a bad day. A pedestrian 29. <laughs> yeah, a pedestrian 29. Um, and then Gabe Vincent, he had 14, so nothing big. Oladipo and Hero only had 25 off the bench combined. But nobody else really contributed. It was very pedestrian mm-hmm. i mean i know jimmy Butler had 29 but it was just not it just didn't flow like it usually does for them yeah bam only had six points and nine rebounds even by his low standards of game one he even went further into the toilet <laughs> right so that loses to the, you know leads to the 25 point loss celtics took control early we're up 25 at half and it stayed as a 25 point deficit the rest of the way the return of smart and horford paid dividends uh, for the Celtics, that also no made the Celtics now four and zero in this playoffs, coming off of a loss. What happened in Game Three? All right, so in Game Three, the Heat they defeated the Celtics one hundred nine and one hundred three. This was a closer contest, but Bam led the way. He had thirty one points, five fifteen of twenty two shooting, ten rebounds, six assists. He had an all around game. He was doing everything. Butler only had eight points because he led the, left the game with a knee issue. He will. They did announce he's going to play in game four, which yep. is huge. Mm-hmm. That's tomorrow night. Correct. Lowry returned. He had 11 points and six assists. P.J. Tucker also had 17. So they had a little bit more balanced scoring 
outside of Bam, and obviously with Jimmy Butler out, they needed more guys to contribute, which right, did right. happen. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, he had he had a forty burger. Yeah, no big know, deal. You know, NBD. Yeah, fourteen to twenty from the floor. Uh, Tatum was the big problem for the Celtics. Yeah. He struggled, only had ten points. He went three of fourteen shooting. Uh, playing basically the entire way. He only sat for seven minutes. Right. Uh, Horford added 20 points, 14 boards. That's a double-double that you want and need out of Al Horford. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough, even with Smart 16 points as well. Even though Smart left the game, which what appeared to be a serious injury. He did come uh, back. But he did come back, and the turnovers is just what killed Boston yeah. this entire game. 24 turnovers, which led to 33 points. Uh, compared to Miami's nine. So yeah, that's the difference. That's the difference in this game. Six-point game, super tight. Um, I expect the Celtics to keep their streak of coming back after losses alive in game four tomorrow night. Uh, it's an interesting series. These teams are too, like, different and so similar in their right. own rights. They both have a really, really good scorer and some really, really good complementary pieces that go with. I think Miami's deeper, but Boston's better with their starting five yeah. because hero is kind of like that second leading scorer for Miami. Well, more like third behind Bam and Butler. Um, and and, I, and know, I always forget that they have Victor Oladipo. He's right. coming off your bench. And he's off the bench, right? Like I think Miami's just super deep, but Boston's starting five is just phenomenal. Yeah. And they played together a while. Right. I mean, this isn't like, Oh, they just put it together. And mm-hmm. no, I mean, they, they're battle tested. Jason Tatum is a superstar. Jalen Brown, he can score quietly. Marcus right. Smart, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but he plays defense. He's a willing passer. Mm. He his his jump shot has gotten better. Al Horford, he's a consummate pro. He can give you something. I do think Boston will bounce back in Game Four, keep this series tight. But I mean, I pick Heat beforehand, but Boston is definitely going to make this go seven. Yeah, I think. It, I mean, we all. I think we both picked Miami in seven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is just. Really good contest. We knew the East was going to be tough. Uh, but speaking of the fact that the East is tough, the West kind of looks like it might turn into a cakewalk I here. Know. The Warriors are leading the series 2-0. Game 3 is tonight. We're recording 7-15 currently. Let's go ahead game by game. How did Golden State win the first two? All right, so Golden State beat Dallas 112-87. It was not close. Seven players in double figures, including 21-12 and 12 from Curry. Uh, they had 19 points off the bench from Poole and Wiggins. Wiggins had 19 as yeah, well. Yeah, both of them had 19. Clay had 15. So, I mean, it was just a complete effort. They had, you know, like I said, seven guys in double figures. The Warriors, but this is this is the number. The Warriors out-rebounded Dallas 51-35. If you ever want to look at a box score of a team who wins, look at rebounding and look at turnovers. That is the key. I'm not yep. saying, like, three-point shooting doesn't make a difference, but who out-rebounds the other team? Who has more turnovers? Usually you're going to find out who's going to win. Luke had 20 points, only 20 points. Right. <laughs> Dinwiddie had 17 That's off the bench. That's super pedestrian for Luke. <laughs> yeah, it really is. 17 off the bench for Dinwiddie. No one else really did anything else, no. so that's why they just, you know. Warriors were up nine at half, and then they pulled away in the second. It was not even close. Yeah, I mean, absolute blowout win by 25. That's, you know, kind of what I expected from this series, truth be told. If Luka doesn't have a big game, the Mavs are out of it. And Luka did not have a huge game, so the Mavs were out of it. Talk to me about game two. Well, speaking of Luka having a big day, at 42 points, and they still lost as Golden State defeated the Mavs at 126-117. Like I said, Luka had 42, 12-23 from the field, 5-10 from three. Bronson had 31 points, but they just squandered it. I mean, another six players were in double figures for Golden State, including 32 points from Steph Curry. Looney had 21-12. and 12. Poole had 23 off the bench. It was just another complete effort from this team. I know late, like in the like fourth quarter down the stretch, it was the it was the others that right. came through. It was Poole. It was Otto Porter Jr. What's up, former Wiz? Right. Um, but like Dallas, they, they let this slip away. They needed this game and they failed. Yeah, they just didn't do. And it. I picked Dallas in seven. Yeah, I. I'm not feeling good about that. No, I wouldn't have. I mean, this is the problem though. Like. Golden State has the bevy of riches similar to what Miami has. They just got so many pieces that can put buckets on the board. I mean, you're looking at seven players in double figures in game one, six in game two. They go they top to bottom. That roster is stacked with players that can put the ball in the hole. And the Mavs really have like three. Yeah. I mean, it's Luka, Brunson, and Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. That's it. I mean, like, who else does Dallas truly have that you're expecting to put up more than 15 points in a game? 
Nobody. Finney Smith? Like, maybe. Like yeah, but I'm not I'm chalking him up for maybe ten. Yeah. Like that's it. I, I, I understand. I, I, I felt like the others I like to say the others, like Shaq does on NBA tonight. The others are key in any series. And I just felt like Finney Smith, Bertons, like I thought Dinwiddie would I mean he had an okay game, but right. like I thought he'd have a big day, big series, and it just hasn't happened. And then the others for Golden State, they all doing it. Right. Like it's not just Curry. Like yeah. Clay Thompson or Clay Thompson. No, Draymond's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Otto Porter Jr. Jordan Poole is a beast. Off the bench, too. Off it's the crazy. Bench. Yeah. Yeah, they look Andrew great. Wiggins is doing good. Like, I just, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. I think this, I think I was caught up in Luka. They have to win game three in Dallas or it's over. Oh, it's like, over. So over. Not even close to even being, like, it's done. No team really has come back from a 3-0 deficit ever in the NBA. I'm pretty sure I'm yeah. I'm correct on that stat. No team has come back from 3-0. No, no, no. So they have to win tonight. If they don't, it's it's a wrap guaranteed. Yeah. I don't even think they can make it to six. Like, that's oh, the best-case scenario. I think best-case scenario is gentlemen sweep. Really? If, if Dallas does not win tonight. Right. And they, let's just say they lose game three. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen sweep at best. At they're, best. They're probably going to get swept. I think at best they could they could get to six. I I don't think so. I you, just like not that. I mean, look, Luca is great, and so he can win a team, win a game I on his back too. But yeah, I, I get where you're coming. But from. But I just think the way Golden State's played, I think they're playing better than I thought they would. Not right. that I thought they were like terrible team, yeah. but I just thought I didn't think they had enough. Yeah. Right. So I think at best, if if Dallas loses tonight, best case scenario is gentlemen sweep. Okay, so are you basically giving up on Mavs? <laughs> Are you still are you still holding out hope till after tonight? Hey, these colors don't run. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. Yeah. So you're holding out hope for the Mavs tonight. Yeah. Uh, any any changes on your thought with uh, Miami winning? Nope, I'm still sick at Miami in seven. Yeah. I know our buddy Baker at work. Whenever Boston won the other night, he's like, "So Parker, well. what do you think?" I'm like, "I I have Heat in seven. Yeah. It's it's like I figured Boston would fight. Yeah. I didn't think, uh, which is why I said seven. Right. So it's going to be back and forth, and I just give me the give me Miami. Yeah, I think home team wins a lot in Game Seven. So yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for NBA. When we return, big big stories in the MLB and the big you know reveal of the quarter poll and are they for real? Are they for real? When we return. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're at the MLB newsstand. We're getting some snacks. Yep. Go to the bathroom. Snacks. What are you getting today? I got some Starburst, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good that's a good car solid snack. One. Solid, solid snack. You know, Skittles. You know, that's kind of my thing. Yeah, no, with you, hundred percent. All right, MLB news. Let's go. Yeah, uh, the big one. Uh, Max Scherzer out. Yeah, he's so- going to be out six to eight weeks. Oblique strain. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of huge for the Mets. I mean, the Mets do have an eight-game lead. Right. So do you think they'll give it up for every fifth day? You now have, I don't even know who their fifth starter is. Uh, Peterson. Oh, yeah, Peterson. He's a solid lefty. I will say this. I watched him live last year. One thing I will say with Scherzer, I want to give him credit because he threw it, he felt something, and he immediately was like, I need to get on it. I'm done. Most guys, they try to power through and make it worse. They're not concerned about the strain. And it'll be six to eight weeks. That's not good, but I mean they have they have enough depth in the rotation mm-hmm. that they can. I mean it's crazy that they're without Degrom and Scherzer, and they're still probably okay. Yeah, they'll lose some game. They'll lose some ground because I think both the Braves and the Phillies are starting to pick it up. But yeah, I mean it's tough, and Mets are gonna met. So you know we'll see. Yeah, I mean is this the start of the end? We I mean but Degrom now got some good news on you know positive for the Mets. He's not back yet because he essentially has to throw an entire spring training right. before you can come up, but he's been cleared to throw. So that's good for the Mets. But, I mean, losing Scherzer, losing your workhorse right now is is not what you want to see if and, you're a Mets fan. And they're without Tyler McGill. So like that's three like really good starters that they're out with. They still have Carlos Carrasco. They have um, Taiwan Walker. Mm-hmm. Now you have Peterson. He'll get a start or two. Uh, he'll get more than that. Well, yeah. like if if he does well, right? Right. No, I get you there. And then who else is in the? I don't know why I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, Tywin Walker. Shoot, hold on. Who is in their rotation? Let me look yeah. it up real quick. All right. So you have Chris McGee, uh Chris Bassett. Excuse yeah, me. Chris Bassett. Uh, He's a stud. Carrasco, Tywin Walker, Trevor Williams is the one. Oh I'm yeah, missing. that's right. And then David Peterson. 
Yeah, I mean, look at Trevor Williams as your four or five. I mean, he had yeah. some, he had some solid outings in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's once not upon a time. he's not a bad pitcher. So I don't no. think the Mets are in trouble. Trouble, right? But it does hurt. I mean, when you lose an ace, a Cy Young, perennial Cy Young candidate, future Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, you lose that from your rotation. That's tough. And and six to eight weeks, so he's going to miss two months, eight to nine starts. Yeah, maybe even ten. Yeah, I mean, what one thing this says to me is the Braves and the Phillies need to get their act together now. Yeah, they need to catch ground. Because eventually, Scherzer and DeGrom are going to be back. Mm-hmm. And then I know that we always make fun of like, oh, death taxes, the Mets are going to met. Yeah. This feels different. It does feel different. Their offense needs to carry the day right now. Right. With, you know, pitching in, in flux. Mm-hmm. And they have the guys to do it. Pete Alonso is doing great. McNeil's and Lindor hasn't even gotten going yet. He right. needs to. Well, I mean, sake. he kind of got it a little bit, but Alonzo's been off the charts. Uh, yeah, but Lind- Lindor, yeah, he he's gonna figure it out, and he's already figured it out a little bit, just not right. as much as we would like him to. Kind of. Yeah, we don't really want us personally. We don't really want him, but to, for the but game, right? for the game, yes. All right, so let's go ahead to you know someone else getting called up, you know, because we were talking. Peterson getting called up, and now this is the top prospect in baseball, yeah. Adley Rushman, yeah, finally. former number one overall pick of the Baltimore Orioles, gets called up. Uh, yesterday has his debut. Great standing ovation. I'm actually really happy to see a guy, you know, actually take it in. Yeah, he, he like he didn't act like oh this isn't this isn't anything. He actually legitimately turned around, looked at the entire stadium, and was like, I made it. It was yeah. super cool, super cool moment. Uh, he goes one for three with a triple. Yeah. He had a walk on the night, so only three notable, you know, accounted at bats. He had right. four plate appearances. Uh, notable players to triple in their first game: uh, Willie McCovey in 1959. It's pretty good. Starling Castro in 2010, and then some other shortstop. Nico Horner with the Cubs. Yeah, with the Cubs. You know, yeah, some some other shortstop. Yeah, I think he's actually gonna be pretty good, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see here. I will say for Ali Rushman, it was funny like when he got called up and they showed like video of him like in the minor league uh, manager's offices, him being told he's made of the bigs. It was so cool. Like the manager was going through all this, like, you know, you don't need to put so much pressure on yourself. You're doing great. You as yourself is good enough. And and then he goes, and whenever you're up in Camden Yards, and so, uh, like, and, and then like his teammates came in the room and were like cheering, like, yeah, yeah. It, it was a really cool moment. Yeah. So good for him. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be a star. I think it's the the smart thing for the Orioles to do now. I think what they were trying to do early was make sure he was ready. Oh, sure. I, and if you watched him in spring training, he he wasn't really in a groove, and so they wanted to get him AAA at bats, uh, so that way he could come in and and actually swing the bat well. Yeah, he wasn't swinging it well in spring, and they were like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna let you play every day down in the minors. Let's let's get you, you know, in a hot streak, and he's been. Tearing it up in the minors, and so they called him up from Norfolk uh, yesterday uh, and, and started. So one for three with a triple way to start your debut. Yeah, this is not a Chris Bryant situation where he no. raked in spring. And like, okay, good on triple. Now, granted, like the service time manipulation is done, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, Adley had a big spring, and they just sent him down. No, no he, had he, a, he, he, had a medi- he had a mediocre spring. Yeah, he needed to go down. He needed some time. He needs some ripening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead to another issue with an AL East team. Yeah. Uh, the one that's in first place, the Yankees. Josh Donaldson versus Tim Anderson. Court is now in session, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Who is the guilty party here? Oh, okay. It really just depends on what you're charging with them. I will say when you know, the first thing is, oh, it's racial, it's racist, blah, blah, blah. If you know the, the facts of the story, okay, so he's right off the field. Tim Anderson's the shortstop for the White Sox, they cross paths, and I, obviously I'm not there, right? But I think Josh Donaldson said something like, "Hey, Jackie," and according to reports, like, okay, back in 2019, Tim Anderson with Sports Illustrated talked about being the next Jackie Robinson, like changing the game. Mm-hmm. And I know, I and Josh Donaldson said after the game that they've kind of ribbed each other in the past, and like, and he's called him Jackie before, just kind of being funny. I'm not look. I think time and place. This is wrong. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure he said it in a smart aleck way. And it, but like to say it's racial, I think is unfair. I I mean, so I I can understand how people take it there. Uh, do I think Josh Donaldson is 100% innocent in this? No. No. Uh, do I think he's 100% innocent in anything? No. Uh, <laughs> but really, what it comes down to is, you know, it it 
it wasn't taken well, wasn't received well. Now, right. what I will give Donaldson credit for is he's like, hey, listen, if it was received bad, it was bad. He apologized. I, I apologize to him. I won't say it again. Type deal. Right. Right. So let's see if that actually holds true. Yeah. And if it doesn't hold true, then, you know, slam the book on him type deal. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, it was it's a ribbing like I've I mean, we we all rib people. Right. Like yeah. that happens. I, I think do do I think Donaldson was wrong? Yes. Do I think. It needs to get blown up like it has. No. And the fact that we're talking about it is, is even worse in that scenario. Oh, yeah. But I think, you know, bench is clearing. Yasmani Grandal gets into Donaldson's face when he's at the dish defending his player. It was a couple innings later. Leads to, you know, bench is clearing. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, crazy, right? Because, right. like, no big punches were thrown. <laughs> Don't but you at the love benches clearing in baseball? Like, nothing ever really happens. Well, there's some there, times where Some it does. shoving, but, like, you don't see, like, fisticuff. Yeah, not normally. Not normally. I'm not saying it's never happened. It's happened on, a couple times. On the by and large, Yeah, on the by and large, happens. they just stand there and go swing first. You know, like, that's usually <laughs> yeah. what happens. Yeah. But just the fact that it even got to that oh, makes, yeah. this, makes this wrong in a way, right? So. Sure. Whether it was intended that way, we don't know. We do not know Josh Donaldson's true intentions right. by what he said. Could someone take it that way, and could it be perceived that way? And should should people perceive it that way? I'm not going to tell you what what to and not to perceive by any situation. Yeah. That's not my right. It's not my thing, right? Yeah. But where I'm at is, I don't I don't think Josh Donaldson was trying to attempt that based right. on what I think. Now, I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong, hit me up. I don't it's fine. Yeah. I care, but I I'm not like sitting here being the fact guy, yeah. right? The fact of the matter is, in 2019, Anderson self-proclaimed himself as the next Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Josh Donaldson has ribbed him before according to him. And, you know, he said it today, stating, or yesterday, with the benches clearing brawl, he stated again, yes, I called him Jackie. So those are the yeah. facts, right? Yeah. Take with them what you may. Right. I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to feel. I'm just saying for me personally, I believe that Donaldson's meaning it as light ribbing because that that's what they do. They do not really like each other. It no. even stemmed from last week with the hard slide into third with Anderson onto Donaldson. So, I mean, these guys clearly don't like each other and they've made it, you know, that way. So, you know, let them have their riff and I guess hopefully we go on from it. Yeah, hopefully. It stinks that this is something we're talking about. Right. Like we're not really talking about the game, how teams are playing at the moment because this story comes up. I think I get frustrated when the first notion of, of something like this is, oh, it's racial. I'm not, look, again, I don't know what the mean, it doesn't look that way to me. I could be wrong. I don't know Josh Donaldson's heart. I don't know his thoughts. But when he talks about he's, him and Anderson have ribbed with each other in the past about this Jackie thing. And he said, hey, Jackie, why does that automatically mean it's racial? It could just be, hey, I'm just, you know, ribbing you and make it, making a joke out of you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a good look. Oh, it's, really not like, it's not a good look. I and just... it's not and it's not anybody else's definition of what what it is, right? Like that right. I think, you know, Anderson could, if Anderson comes out and, and says it, then then we're allowed to we're because that's how he feels, right? That's yeah. how it's supposed to be. It's how does he feel about it. And if th- if he comes out and says, Yes, I I found it like that, then Donaldson owes him an apology and he said he would. Yeah. So, you know, take it as it may. I know right. MLB is investigating this matter. Yeah, I don't know where that's going to go yeah, or, I don't know or the purpose, but okay. Yeah, right. All right, let's get into, you know, the actual game, right? Let's 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 talk. Let's talk quarter pole. Let's talk standings. Let's talk things that actually, you know, we we care about, right? <laughs> that we actually care about. Yeah. We, we well, I mean, we care, but we don't, you know. Let's get into it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and and talk division by division. Let's start in the AL East here. Uh, the Yankees are winning uh, this division as we currently speak with a record of 29 and 11. Uh, they're seven and three in their last ten. The only team in this division that's beating them in the last ten is the Red Sox. However, the Red Sox are ten and a half back now, and yeah. nineteen and twenty-two. Do the Red Sox have a chance to come back? The Rays lost a heartbreaker today versus the Orioles and extras. Uh, the Blue Jays haven't been haven't really gotten going great yet. Yeah. I mean, they're five and five in their last ten. Is this the Yankees division to lose, or do we think that one of these three teams behind them—the Rays, the Blue Jays, or the Red Sox—I mean, the Orioles are out of it okay. uh, already. They were out of it before the season started. 
Uh, do we think any one of these three teams has a chance to catch them? I think Toronto has a chance just because I think their team is that legit. They haven't shown it yet. I did pick the Yankees before the season, so I'm feeling pretty good about it. Tampa Bay, we can never count them out. Boston, I think they're done. I know they've played better recently, but it wasn't that long ago. They were 13 and a half back in last place. And, yeah. ba- and Baltimore, we know what they are. They're not going to win the division. That's fine. No, I'll give you that. I think the Yankees are legit. I think their rotation can get better, but I think that's actually been a strength, which is kind of shocking to me. Mm-hmm. And then Aaron Judge, he, I mean, if the season ended today, I would say it's either Judge or Buxton as the MVP in the American League. No, I'll give you that. Here's here's my thing is I think the Red Sox have the names, the names on the back of the jersey. You always talk about right. that. Names on the back of the jersey. They have enough names on the back of the jersey they can make this interesting. Same with the Blue, uh, the Blue Jays. Same with the Rays. I any one of these three teams can catch them. If the Red Sox give me another eight and two, uh, last ten for the next ten games out, I'll believe in them more. I'm with you in the fact that I think they might be done. But at the same time, if they give me another eight and two for the next ten game stretch, right, that means they're sixteen and four. They, and they've been picking up ground. So, yeah, uh, definitely interesting in that regard. Let's I go guess, ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just I guess it, even if they go into, I guess it depends on how the Yankees play. I guess that's like how too. much ground can they cover? Because like, OK, they're 10 and a half back. So they gain three games going eight and two. which I'm not saying it's bad, but like to really make up ground, to really put pressure on the Yankees, they're going to have to do something really great. And the Yankees are going to have to really struggle, which right now I don't see that. Well, let's look at the next eight games for the Red Sox. They've got three against the White Sox, then five against the Orioles as they have a doubleheader next Saturday. Yeah. And then they've got the Reds for two. Yeah. They, like I their mean, next it, 10 is very, yeah, very Yeah, they can gettable. definitely have a great stretch here. I just, it's also, what are the Yankees going to do? No, I get you there. So. No, all right. Let's go to the AL Central. Speaking of those White Sox, right now they're at 500. Yeah. Uh, they're playing the Yankees right now as we speak, but they're down to the Twins by four and a half. Uh, and the Guardians are actually like hanging in the middle of this division yeah. with the Tigers and the Royals bringing up the rear. Neither of them have played. The Tigers are a massive disappointment. Yeah, I, I thought, of course, we, we won't get into it specific, like fully, but like as far as making bets, I thought I had the Tigers making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, we have three wild card spots in each league. I thought they could make one. I'm not saying they were going to win the division. I picked the White Sox. I still believe in them. I don't think they've gotten it going. But your Twinkies, they're looking pretty good. Yeah. They're solid. Seven and three in their last ten. And, and the Guardians, they're, you know, they're competitive. Yeah. I mean, I mean. Like, they can pitch. That's all I can really yeah, say about that's, them. Yeah, that's really where, <laughs> where they're making their butter, right? Yeah. And, and they have Jose Ramirez. That's about it. Right. They're four and six in their last ten. They're really not, you know keeping the pedal to the metal which you right. know makes me a little worried about them but at the same time i was never really threatened by them in any stretch of the imagination right. this division is just uh, a two-horse race in my head between yeah. the white Sox oh, and the twins you. it really just you. depends on who happens to uh get the bigger stretch come the dog days of summer mm-hmm. well, let's go ahead to the al west then the astros have a one and a half game lead over the angels and the surprise team the rangers are in third with <laughs> the mariners and the athletics bringing up the rear both um, all three of these teams haven't won 20 games where the Angels and the Astros are in the up, mid to upper 20s as far as wins are concerned. And do we do we believe that the Angels-Astros pairing is just going to take off with this thing considering it's an eight-game lead for the Astros over the Rangers, 10 and 10 and a half respectively versus the Mariners and the Athletics? It looks like that. Houston, they have the best record in the American League. The Angels, I think, are legit. Like... Second best record. Yankees are the best. But go ahead. Well, okay, from a percentage standpoint. No, oh, yeah, you're Yankees right. Still. I was never mind. You're I still, right. I still love you. It's okay. Yeah, I was. It's been a day. It's been a day. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys have been here throughout this entire process of us making this, CJ can tell you I'm. It's been a day. day. It's, it's been, been a day. day. Yeah, but yeah, I. It does seem like it's Houston Angels. That's it. I picked Seattle ahead of before the season. I'm not feeling good about that. I'm not gonna disregard them completely because I still think they have some young talent that can you know ignite them but i don't think they're gonna at this point it doesn't look like they're gonna win the division texas that's a mirage i you know they have some some talent with seager and simeon but i mean they don't pitch they don't right. pitch yeah so. no, i'm with you there i think the mariners have a glimmer of hope and here's the reason why they're nine and seven at home eight and 18 on the road that Ouch. that number that eight and 18 number has to get slightly better yeah and i think their home percentage is right they just haven't played a lot of home games i mean right. you're looking at 16 home games Versus 26 away games, and they're eight games under, right? So, right. like, 
if you think about it that way, this percentage of away games has to get slightly better for them. And then their home game is probably right. And they're just got to play more of them. I think they're over a 500 ball club. They just haven't played at home enough to make it happen. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, let's go ahead to the national league. We'll start out West and talk about the monster division. Yeah, that this is division this division is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. There's no team worse than 475 with the Rockies and they're 19 and 20. And they're like good to watch. Yeah, they're great to watch. They're great at home. 14 and 11. They haven't yeah. played a lot of road games, even though they're five and 10 and they've struggled in their last 10 at three and seven, but so have the diamondbacks, but we knew what the diamondbacks were going to be. Uh, yeah. basement dwellers of this. I division. honestly didn't think the Diamondbacks would be this good. Right. I mean, like, they're almost a 500 ball. Is really good. Well, and they get timely hitting. I mean, they're in, their youngsters don't know that they're supposed to be losing is really yeah. what it comes down to. But Zach Allen, I mean, not only is he an all-star, but he might contend for Cy Young. Again, best DH name in the league with Seth Beer. And <laughs> Kelly actually threw the ball well today in a 5-4 yeah. loss versus the Cubs. So, you know, I, I think the Diamondbacks have some promise. And I really enjoy watching them when I have watched them on MLB TV. Yeah, uh, they they're 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 an interesting and a fun watch. Uh, you got the Giants at twenty two and eighteen. The Padres are a half game back from the Dodgers, one in the loss column and at twenty seven and fourteen. Yeah, they don't have Tatis right now, and they're killing it away from Safeco, going seventeen and seven on the road. That's huge. They've only they oh, played twenty four on the road and seventeen at home, and they're they're above five hundred this big. Crazy town. The Dodgers are great at home, even though three of their five losses were to the hands of my Phils. They're huh. still seven and three in their last ten, the same as the Padres. This division's coming down to these top three teams with the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants. I don't know if the Giants have enough firepower like they did last year, especially as yeah. far as the rotation to stick around. So I definitely think it's Dodgers Padres, but this is going to be a fun division race all the way down to the yeah, end. Yeah, as far as the Giants go, like they, they, I mean, not only could they use a, another starter, but they could use some offense. You're not going to pick up an Evan Longoria at the deadline. Tobias mm-hmm. Raposi did retire. That's, I mean, that's not a good. Big hurt, yeah. That's a hurt for not only your offense but your pitching staff. So I do think it's a two horse race between the Dodgers and Padres. We both picked Dodgers ahead of the season. And I still believe like the Padres can make a run because again they don't have Tatis. Right. I think Mackenzie Gore, the young lefty that they brought up, he's a stud. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah. So great I think, three pitch mix. I mean, I think I think it's the Dodgers division to lose, mm-hmm. but and they need to add some starting pitching. But I think I think it's a two horse race. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of another two horse race, let's go to the NL Central. You got the Brewers yeah. and Cards, and then the Pirates are in third. A shock with the Cubs <laughs> and the Reds. Uh, the Reds are just awful. They've yeah, been awful. awful, but they've looked better as of late. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they've won a couple games here recently. Yeah, considering they were like one in or two and two and fourteen at one stretch because yeah. they lost thirteen in a row. I can't believe the Braves split a four gamer to start the season <laughs> against them. I mean, I know it's the first series of the season. I don't want to make too much out of it, but it's like. Yo, the Reds are garbage. Yeah, no, they're... And you split. Like, if you do a, an S through, you know, those, like, superior A, B, yeah. B, C, D teams, like, I literally watched... I saw one on Twitter, and it was, you know, superior teams A, B, C, D, and then it was Reds. the Reds. <laughs> and it was, yeah. like, the Reds didn't... They, they, like, no other team was in this bad of a spot. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, they're just... They're bad. They're and a they're, hard watch. They're really tough to watch. I mean... How do you lose a game no hitting somebody? Yeah, that is they no hit the Pirates. No hit the Pirates and, and lost. lost the game one nothing. <laughs> that is uh, It's I mean, such a red thing to do. Like we used to sit there and say that was like a pirate thing to do or a Baltimore thing to do. Not now. No, it's a red thing to do. And the the I just can't get past you had I'm not saying these guys are like MVPs, mm-hmm. but yeah, Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez that you traded right before the season. Yep. If they would have had those two guys alone, they'd be better. Yeah. I'm not telling you they'd be leading the division or no, they the might divi- be competing the division. Because right. I might mean, be you, up you, with the Cardinals. Because you have Jonathan India, good young second baseman, yep. rookie of the year. Tyler Stevenson, your catcher, good young catcher. Like, but like and they can't pitch. Because nope. they, they traded Sonny Gray away. Yep. So it's Luis Castillo who just got back. Yeah. So I don't really want to make too much out of him. Iglesias, right? Uh, wait. Iglesias, Iglesias or whatever? Iglesias, I think. It, no, I mean, Iglesias is the closer and he's in. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's their only. Oh, no, wait. He's, he's, in, not, he's in the Angels. He's in the Angels now. Yeah. He oh, was there sorry. last year, too. Oh, okay. Well, I'm crazy then. He used to be a red. So yeah. The, I, I mean, Hunter Green is. Well, talented. that's what I'm saying. He got traded. Yeah. But Hunter Green. He he's talented, but it's like he, they he, never have a lead. No, 
I mean, so he's striking out like ten guys, but it don't matter because yeah. that team is garbage. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. So yeah. it's coming down between the Brewers and the Cardinals. We all know the Pirates are going to pirate, <laughs> and we all know the Cubs just they're not going to. Yeah, you know, they're they're kind of rebuilt. They're no, they're what's the word I want to retooling? use? Retooling. Retooling. That's the word. No, kinda. That's over. Yeah, Man, there's no retooling in the MLB. Yeah. What are, you, what are you high? Yeah. No. So it's Brewers and Cardinals. One who, of these teams. Who do you like do better, it. Brewers or Cardinals? I like the Brewers better. Their they, pitching is ridiculous. Yeah, they, they've got three absolute workhorses at the top end of that rotation. And then you have Devin Corbin Williams Burns. and Josh Hader. Yeah, that's unfair. Yeah, it's it's not right. And the fact that this like that was the other thing when the Phillies lost to him and uh, Angel Hernandez was behind the dish. Uh-huh. Like you have Hader coming in to finish that ball game off. Yeah. Like you're not touching him. Yeah. It was so frustrating. So like the Braves played the Brewers earlier in the week or last week and it was freed burns i'm like sweet great pitching matchup we scored four runs off burns early i go awesome this should be a win and then like the brewer they just kind of you know they just added a run here run there and then they got a lead i go what happened the bullpen let us down and then it's like okay let's try to score some runs oh wait devin williams is in josh haters in yeah we're done they they struck out this both of them struck out the side i go okay yeah it's not even fair the back end of that uh the back end of that bullpen for the brewers is just insane all right let's go ahead to the nl east now let's talk about the four four horse race kind of in a way it's really the mets i think it's three three horse race the nationals is yeah. really what this division comes down to. I mean, look, uh, Miami competes, but come on. Yeah, well, I get you there. I, I'm talking like I think the Phillies and the Braves are playing underneath their stature. We've talked about this already. Uh-huh. Uh, the Mets are playing out of their mind, and they just lost Scherzer. Yeah, they still don't have Degrom for at least a month, and they're without Scherzer for two. So this is the time where the Phillies and the Braves have to make up on this eight games back. They're both yeah. 19 and 22. They both have underperformed like crazy. I think the Phillies have underperformed because the ball hasn't been flying, but we're starting to get into the dog days of summer, and this team is built on offense. Sure. The Phillies are starting to hit their stride, and then Bryce Harper gets, you know, the UCL tear. He gets that uh, PRP injection, and then he's out for five games. Yeah. The Phillies go one and four. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. And he was super hot when he was in oh, LA. Oh, yeah. He, he, I mean, honestly, he was starting off better than he did last year, and he won the MVP. Yeah. And, well, I mean, he was a player of the week. Yeah. He hit six oh nine in the yeah. week, yeah, with like three dingers and six dubs. Like, pfft, get out of here with this. I mean, he was one, on fire. I mean, one thing with the Braves, like the rotation's been really good. Freed, Anderson, Wright, and then you and uh, Charlie Morton, who's starting to pick up. He's got he got off to a bad start. Last couple starts, he looked really good. The bullpen was strong, but Matzik's out right now. They don't have Luke Jackson for the whole year. So we'll see how that goes. You still have Kenley Jansen. It was funny last night. Like the Braves were up a couple runs in the ninth, and Kenley got a couple quick outs. And I'm like, all right, sweet game over. And then they they got some dinky hits, got some runs. I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. But I'm like, oh wait, we have a Hall of Fame closer, so he'll take care of it. Defense let us down against Milwaukee, but overall the defense is good. The offense that's been the bugaboo. They need to be more consistent. Mm. I saw more consistency and not just home cuz they're one of the home run leading teams in baseball, but they don't they don't move runners. Right. It's just kind of like home runner bus. It's of the solo variety. I'm just like, "All right, guys. Let's get on base. Ozzy Albies, you're better than this. Dansby Swanson, Matt Olson has struggled here recently. Marcelo Zuna is getting hot, but Austin Riley is struggling. So it's like there's just no cohesive unit. There's no flow. Ronald Acuna starting to heat up, but he has, he's not playing every day because yeah. they're trying to be cautious with him. Yeah. Coming off the knee, he's, he's only DHing, which mm-hmm. is like, ugh, I think he can play the field. He has eight stolen bases, and he just got back. Right. So, But I, I do think it's a three-horse race. I think both Braves and Phillies are better than this. The Mets, they'll come back to earth a little bit, and they're going to met. So I think we have a chance, but I think I do think this Mets team is for real. Yeah, no, this Mets team is super for real. Super scary. They... They don't really have a big hole in their lineup outside of 8-9. And they have Buck Walter. Yeah, and Buck Walter seems to be the difference for them. No doubt. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for MLB. When we return, the MLB news and notes and the top 10 series, starting with the top 10 quarterbacks in the league as we see them when we return. Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're heading to the final segment of the day, talking NFL news before we get into our top 10 quarterbacks. CJ, stars off. Uh, yeah, I mean, two big things that have happened. We were waiting on some free agents to sign. Nick Foles got cut by the Bears. He's expected to sign with your Colts. Yeah. Reunite with Frank Reich. The magic could happen I again. Dig it. 
Uh, it would be a solid. That's a quality backup. Yeah, good backup for Matt Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Two older guys, two veteran guys, maybe coach up that wide receiver room a little bit, which is good because you got a little youth there. Yeah. So, you know, I don't mind this for the Colts. I don't think it's like world beating. Oh, I'm not saying that because <laughs> truth be told, if we want the best out of this, Nick Foles, you don't play. Yeah. So I do think this could be the first of, I don't say a couple, but another. I think the the Colts need to upgrade the wide receiver room, not based off talent, but they need a veteran in there. I know T.Y. Hilton said that he's going to come back. I don't know. Well, I come back and play. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know think he's going to be that effective. I don't know if it's going to be an Indy or somewhere else. I think he has interest from a couple other teams. Odell Beckham, that's another option. I'd be kind of okay with that, even though he's coming off the knee injury. Mm-hmm. The guy that I want is Julio Jones. Yeah, I know. I know he didn't have a good year in Tennessee. Get him back with Matt Ryan. He gets to play indoors again. And we saw what he did in Atlanta when he plays indoors. Yeah. So I'm not saying he'll be that guy, but can you be something of that? Yeah. No. I mean that would be a good signing for you guys. But I think the better signing that just happened today: the Browns are re-signing Jadavion Clowney, one year, eleven million dollars. That's a great deal. That's huge for the Browns. They really need to attack the passer. He was great, even though he didn't play. All 17 last year, and think he only played 13, 12, or 13 games. He still had almost double-digit sacks. I think he had nine sacks last year, 11 tackles for loss. He had, like, 30 quarterback hurries in in 12 games. That's huge. Oh, yeah. And that's what you need in, to, you know, only have to spend $11 million. I know, $11 million. It's a big number. Yeah. But only Wouldn't spend, you like to make $11 million? Preach. I'd be done. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, $11 million for Clowney is 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 the right price for the Browns. I think it's smart for them to bring that back and, and get that edge. Now they just need to figure out what they're doing with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I <laughs> don't even so, know what's going on. And like with that. they they have Jacoby Brissett in there, so you I mean I'm not telling Jacoby Brissett's better than Baker Mayfield, but he can be a better backup. Well I mean he's like Deshaun Watson. He's Jacoby a fine Brissett. enough backup, right? So like so, you don't need to keep Baker to be a backup. Now no. you're keeping Baker right now until you know Deshaun Watson's good to go right, for this entire yeah. season. Because uh, the latest news out of that was he's probably serving an eight to nine game suspension right. about half the season, right? So whether that comes to fruition or not, we don't know yet. So that's the reason you keep Baker. Yeah. However, until that point in time, until that comes to fruition, right now you have to think, oh, Baker, where are you going? Yeah. And it's going to be an, I think they're going to pull an Eagles with uh, Sam Bradford when they oh, traded yeah. him to Minnesota. And Carson Wentz's rookie year and got a first-round draft pick, I think that's what they're going to do. A quarterback's going to go down in, in training camp. I hope not. But yeah. I, like it it, it just, almost happens, it happens like clockwork. Yeah. That one goes down, and then the Browns are going to like, you want Baker? Because he's yeah. better than any other option that's out there. And they're going to go, yep, all right, yep, we'll sign, but we'll, we'll, we'll give you a second-rounder for Baker. Right. If Deshaun Watson gets suspended, which seems like it's very possible, mm-hmm. if he gets suspended, do you think Baker Mayfield would be like, oh, yeah, I'll play, even though I'm going to play half the year, and then I'm going to be benched? Because well, no, of- I, think, I think he truly thinks he can use it as an audition piece okay. for next year. I mean, I think that's the right decision, but I know he's kind of like, I don't even want to play for the Browns anymore. Well, and I don't blame him for thinking that, right? Yeah. But if he could come in and play out of his mind for nine games, now they have a controversy. Do you want to just keep Watson on the bench and then ride it out with Baker? Mm. Like, that's like, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm going, I want to prove you wrong. Oh, yeah. And then. You know, I'm going to sit there and try to make the biggest contract next year cuz I know I'm not playing for the Browns cuz they've they've married Deshaun Watson. They've yeah. married the massage parlor. But <laughs> yeah. You you have to make them regret it and that's where I would be. I'd be like, "Hey, I'll take you to a Super Bowl." Yeah. And like if I win the first Super Bowl in Cleveland Browns history and now you have to, you know, you're going to watch me walk like every Hi. team you're yeah. yeah that would be awesome. Oh yeah. That'd be insane. Like, I'm not I'm not rooting for that to happen, to be yeah. clear. I'm not a Browns fan. But what I'm no. saying is for Baker Mayfield, that's that best, is best case creme de la creme. Absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, let's go ahead and get into the top ten series. All right. So as we talked about in the intro and a little bit at the end of the last segment, we're doing a top ten series. I'm gonna rattle off all the position groups that we're doing. 
So it's going to be by position group, uh, except for quarterbacks. It's kind yeah. of like a one-man show, right? Right. So it's quarterbacks this week. Next week will be running backs. So the entire committee of running backs for each team, which team has the best. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers, then tight ends, entire offensive line. Defense, we did a little little crazy just because there's 3-4 defense, you know, 4-3 yeah. defense. We're doing interior defensive line, so defensive tackles and 4-3s. And then, uh, edge rushers. and then edge rushers, which will include outside linebackers and three fours. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, linebackers, and then the entire secondary. We're just lumping together, not doing corners, and then yeah. safeties. We're just doing an entire secondaries. So that's going to be the nine position groups. So check in for the next couple of episodes, the next eight episodes after this one, <laughs> yeah. uh, to get all those position groups right up into, uh, you know. Uh, training camp. That's right. the words I'm looking for. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and start at number 10, the 10th best starting quarterback, and which team does it belong to, Parker? Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I think I think he is proven now that he's a top 10 talent in this league, and he does things that basically no other quarterback outside of mine and Philly does, which is he's 100% a massive dual threat with his legs. If and he's finally proving that yeah. he can beat you through the air. It's usually with Mark Andrews, That's but right. but <laughs> he hey, can he's do it doing through the it, air. right? Yeah. So I mean, great stuff from him. I want to look up his stats from last year. I want to say, hmm, no, no, not yet. Nope, there it is. I mean, he really he didn't even throw three thousand yards last year. He won sixteen touchdowns and thirteen interceptions. But he ran the ball for 800 yards, and yeah. he was he was injured too. Yeah. So, but I mean, running for eight, basically 800 yards that that'll do. Yeah, at the quarterback impressive. position. Yeah, very impressive. And I mean, he I mean, you know, he did what he could do with Baltimore. I mean, they had their their entire scheme is run heavy, and he did everything with like fourth and fifth string running backs last year. So Lamar Jackson, you are the tenth best quarterback, and the Ravens, you have the tenth best quarterback situation. Uh, this is uh, we kind of brought in backups a little bit just in case, right? Especially here, Huntley played well in relief for Jackson when he was out. So yeah, he was very quality. At the same time, you know, you have a decent backup. Let's go to number nine. Number nine, Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Browns. We already talked about this. A lot of this is dependent upon. Okay, is he suspended? Because look, he didn't play last year. But if you're just based off of if he's playing week one and the talent, Deshaun Watson, ninth best quarterback. Yeah, I mean, let's look at his stats from 2020, the last time he played. Uh, he had 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, 7 picks. Wow. He rushed for 444 with 3 touchdowns on the ground. He, he's a he's a, he's a talent. He's an absolute monster. The only reason why we put them at 9 is because of the pending suspension. This man is close to being a top... 5? Top 5. Close to being a top. I don't think he is. So like 6, 7? I, I have him as probably 6, 7. May like the worst he is is eight. If I know he's not suspended, the worst he's yeah. at is eight. Uh, let's go ahead to eight. Speaking of that, <laughs> Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. This might be low. It might be low, but uh, a lot of other channels have him as like eleven because of how down his yeah. year was uh, all, compared to what he normally. All does. I know is Colin Cowherd loves this guy. Well, yeah, I mean you should. I mean the man is like he has him like top three. Well, I, I'm not saying I would go there, but that's how much Colin Coward loves Russell Wilson. He's super talent. I know last year was not great, but look at the guys that he had with him. Right. It wasn't, I mean, he didn't have a good team. It's not like he has all these weapons all over the place, but he he's a special guy both with the arm and his legs. Now, he does get sacked a little bit too much because he holds onto the ball quite a bit, mm-hmm. but he still knows how to make big plays. He'll have a slightly better offensive line in Denver than he had in Seattle. Uh, but he had 3,100 yards last year, 20 se- or 25 touchdowns, six interception. He had 27 touchdowns total as he had two on the ground with 183 rushing yards. I, Seattle was a hot mess last year, hot mess express, yeah. and uh, unfortunately he was captaining that. Uh, I don't know how much better he's going to be in Denver as far yeah. as, you know, the wide receiver talent's not as good. No. Uh, I mean... I think it can project a little bit better, it's, but it's good. But I, I think, think his can, offensive line, and I think he can better. elevate. Yeah, I think so too. But I, you know, we'll just have to see. 
He'll also be able to throw it further at mile high. No doubt. So, you know, things like that. But he won't have the 12s backing him now. So no. this is definitely an interesting year for Wilson. I think eight is the perfect spot. Yeah. Let's go ahead to the Super Bowl defending champions, the uh, Los Angeles Rams and Matt Stafford at seven. Yeah. And your backup is Chase Daniel, which is, I mean, his career. Right. He, I mean, he might be like the best backup quarterback because he knows how to carry, carry a clipboard and he's just fleecing teams from a payday standpoint. Yeah, you're not he, wrong. Because he's just getting so much money to be a backup. It's like, you know, this guy like never plays. Yeah. You don't really know what he is, but okay. Yeah, I mean, he had one good six-game stretch <laughs> yeah. in Kansas City, and he's a while ago. fleecing everybody afterward. Yeah. I, you know, and Matt Stafford. But Matt Stafford, I mean. He's worth every penny. I yeah. mean, a lot of people have him at the back half of this. I have him at seven because he is the defending Super Bowl champ. Yeah. He threw for almost 4,900 yards, 41 touchdowns, seven picks. He doesn't do it on the ground. He only no. had 43 no. yards rushing, and he's old. But at the same time. <laughs> Like we're talking, talking about, we're, so if he's old, what is some of these other guys? Well, you got to think. I mean, he, I he's got more miles on a normal I know. than a normal car because he got battered and bruised in I Detroit. Know. But just funny when you say old, it's like uh, there's a guy named Tom Brady who's still playing. Yeah, but I think I think Brady's in better shape than Stafford oh, purely because Stafford's been getting his head kicked yeah, in. I, I totally agree with you. It's just funny for majority of his that. career. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, seven for Matt Stafford, the defending Super Bowl champs, uh, I think is perfect. I Matt Stafford had a great year last year. Let's see if he can, uh, you know, redo that, replicate that success yeah. this year coming up. Uh, number six, Justin Herbert, our guy. Yeah. The we're, Chargers. We're Herbert guys. Absolutely. He could definitely, I mean, he has the chance to go higher, but if we're being fair, I think, Six is proper. Yeah, I mean, he had 5,000 yards last year, 38 tutties, 15 interceptions. That number needs to come down for him to oh, move sure. up into the elite oh, quarterbacks, sure. Gladys. Yeah. Uh, he had 302 yards on the ground with three scores that way as well for over 40 touchdowns in the season last year. I mean, he's, he's phenomenal, and I think six is perfect considering the top five guys are top five for a reason, <laughs> yeah. and they, they make things look really, really good. No doubt. But Herbert is definitely a rising star, and he definitely has a chance to move – and become a top-five quarterback, especially when one or two of these quarterbacks that we're about to mention <laughs> probably retires. Yeah, no doubt. Number five, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals. Absolutely. Had a phenomenal year last year, 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 picks. Doesn't do it much on the ground as most of the other quarterbacks for the remainder of this list do, barring, well, sorry, <laughs> yeah. for the next two do. <laughs> Uh, 118 yards, but he did score twice. Joe Burrow made Cincinnati relevant. I think he's just scratching the surface. Almost single-handedly, and I think you're right. I think he's just scratching the surface. He's only going to get better. And he takes him to a Super Bowl, and it's that him and Jamar Chase... Oh, that that, that wide receiving. Oh, and that the rest of that wide receiving court is phenomenal as well. I mean, you got Boyd and Higgins. I mean, that, that entire yeah. wide receiving core is phenomenal. I know they lost Uzama, right? But Drew Sample, not terrible. Not He's terrible. more of a blocking tight end, yeah. which would help him. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I think Joe Burrow is just scratching the surface, as you said earlier. We're putting him at five. Let's go to number four. Who we got? Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. Uh, he might disagree with being four, but he, I mean, just the other guys in front of him, it's like, are you really going to argue that? Well, and, you know. I know he's the reigning MVP, two-time MVP. I right. got it. Mm-hmm. But I also, like, you they lost, they lost your favorite target. Adams. Yeah, you lost your favorite target. I don't think he wants to be there. You're another year <sighs> older. Right. I, and the reason why I, I truly believe we put him four is because they have no backup options. No. Jordan Love Jordan, is not who they he, thought he was. He ain't the answer. No. That's so, why they paid him to, to be the richest player in the NFL. Right. Because, because they they're knew, like, oh, Jordan Love? Yeah, he's not. He's not ready. He won't be ready. He'll never be ready. So nope. that's the reason. Another, I mean, again, we really didn't touch backups that much. But when it came into play in splitting hairs, and according to this next guy, we went to splitting yeah. hairs. So let's go ahead and split those hairs with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. He came back. And so Tom is ranked third after he unrenounced, unannounced his <laughs> yeah. retirement. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised by this, but it's like, come on, Brady. Just like, and that, of course, he signed that huge, like, I think it's like $37 million. He's going to be a Fox analyst after he retires. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Yeah, I mean, he's, it's insane. He's, 
he's made he's got it for life. It's fine. But Tom Brady <laughs> is the third best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. And his backup so it was between him and Rodgers for three four, right? Like this right. we were debating it. And uh, I literally looked Give me Blaine Gabbert me over Blaine Jordan Gabbard. Love. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent give me Blaine Gabbert. Never thought I'd say that. Yeah. Give me Blaine Gabbert, but it is true in this it situation. It is hundred percent true. Blaine Gabbert could have at least put up points. You know, yeah. last year yeah. against Kansas City with uh-huh. all those backups. So, yep. yeah, Blaine Gabbert all the way. Not not a doubt in my mind. <laughs> so that's the reason why we got that uh, there for Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady had a phenomenal year. 5,300 yeah. yards, 43 touchdowns, six picks. He also scored twice with his legs, even with under 100 yards rushing. That's not his job. Nope. But he's able to punch it in from the one-yard line on fourth and one. Yep. And that's, he, he knows that's how to QB sneak it. 100%. Uh, let's go to the top two now. I'm pretty sure everybody knows who they are. It's Josh Allen and then Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people are having Josh Allen ahead of Patrick Mahomes right now. And unfortunately, because the backup situations for both of these guys are inept, meek, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, are pretty bad to say the least. Uh-huh. Uh, we went with the guy who has proven it time and time again, even though Josh Allen has started to prove it. We still went with Mahomes. But Allen had a phenomenal year last year, 4,400 yards through the air, almost 800 yards rushing, six scores on the ground, 36 through the air, 15 picks. I think that's the only – I think that's – like if we want to split hairs, I know Patrick had 13 picks, whereas Josh Allen had 15, but let's just split hairs here. Give me the guy who had less picks. Well, and give me the guy who had more through the air. I mean, I know they had similar yards total. Like – Patrick's up in passing is lessened by, you know, Josh Allen's rushing. Right. And I know Josh Allen had, you know, six scores on the ground compared to Patrick's two, but Patrick can do it with his legs. He just chose not to last year. So we went with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's perennial MVP candidate. He's on a great team. I know they lost the cheetah, yeah. but at the same time, like this team will not be hurt as bad as others could be oh, by yeah. losing Tyreek Hill. They have enough weapons. Travis Kelsey's amazing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the Chiefs will be fine. That's the reason why we put him one and Josh Allen two. Josh Allen, prove it to me one more year. You yeah. Know, get past the hump that is Patrick Mahomes. Because that's that's who's killing you right now, yeah. and you know Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds left made it look like nothing. Yeah, I know. And I wish Josh Allen had a chance to get on that field to prove us wrong here. But until he does, Patrick Mahomes, you get the number one slot. We'd have it this year because they changed the overtime rules in the playoffs. Correct, but which is good. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not angry about that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really bother me what happened because it's like, you know, these are the rules and, you know, it is what it is. But I get your point. We would have loved to see Josh Allen get the ball back, see what he could do. We probably would have tied it. And that game still might not be over. Right, might not be. Because it, it was amazing. It was a great game. It was a great sure. game. All right. Well, so that does that's the top ten quarterbacks, the teams, the players and teams that just missed. Uh, a Matt Ryan with the Colts just yeah. missed. A Derek Carr with the Vegas Raiders uh, just missed. A uh, Kirk Cousins with the Vikings, who lives in mediocrity, yeah. just missed. He should be better, but you're right. He's just me- mediocre. He just lives in mediocrity. A Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys yeah. just missed for us. Kyler Murray of yeah. the Cardinals just missed for us. And, uh, you know, then you're getting into the lower half of quarter. So that was the top five just missed for us that I rattled off there. I will say if Nick Foles signs with the Colts, if we're going like just quarterback group, so starter and backup, you can make a case for Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, but I, I'm not going to do that here. Cause no, cause I like Derek Carr better. Yeah. And I, I would, I would, I think you can make a better case for Derek Carr. Let's say at 10, because again, if Deshaun Watson is suspended, they, he might be off. He this might even list. be off this list, right? So you want to replace him with somebody? The best answer is probably Derek Carr mm-hmm. because he's that good. But if you want to go starter and backup, and Nick Foles is with the Colts, you could make the case for Matt Ryan. But we don't know what Matt Ryan in Indianapolis is. Yeah, you 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 make a case for him. I'd I'd even make a case for my Eagles. I mean, you got Jalen Hurts in the in in Minshew Mania. Yeah, I mean that's that's a heck of a one to yeah. do. So. I'm, I not, know, I I'm know, not putting him in the top ten. To be clear, here, I know I'm you not would, that homer. You wanted to trade Minshew to the Colts. I'm 100 percent as, as our starter. I would 100 percent would have until I, you traded for Matt Ryan. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. I 100 percent yeah. would have, and it, you would have been okay with it. You uh, wouldn't have hated it, depending on what you would have yeah, given I was gonna up. Say, it depends on what draft. If you had, we gave if up. you had given up a fourth round pick, would you have been okay with it? 
Minshew for a four, that'd be okay. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. But it we all get, depends on compensation. Right. It is but, always comes down to compensation. But CJ, what did you tell me that the Eagles would get for Minshew if we trade? You said first. You no, said, no, no, I, I did not say first. I said a second. I said a uh, second. E- either some way, some team would be could be crazy enough for a first. Either is what way. I said. A first or a second a is a third, way though. too much. Oh, I'm just saying it's guaranteed a third or a fourth, though. I'm giving you a fourth. I'm not no giving way you there's worse than higher. a fourth-round pick going. Oh, I agree with that. It's definitely got to be a day-two pick in my head. Like, yeah. I'm thinking it's a day-two pick, meaning a third-round pick or a second-round pick for a team that's desperate enough. Yeah, I get, I get your point. I get your point. So, All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for Episode 8 here. Uh, crazy stuff that we talked about today. Let us know on all the socials whether we got our picks right for the Top 10 series. Uh, you know, Hit us up at the Sports GPS, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. All of them, hit us up. Let us know. You know we're big TikTok Yeah, guys. we're huge TikTok yeah. guys. Let me tell you. <laughs> Not. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to do it here for Episode 8 for all of us here at the Sports GPS. Parker White. CJ Holly. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you.